Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And this is Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Kindred Bravely. Their ultra-absorbent reusable nursing pads are up to eight times more absorbent than the leading washable brands and more environmentally friendly than disposable nursing pads and they're brand new. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. If you love lactation tea but hate, hate the dirty taste, nursing time tea is for you. Um, we'll hear more from our sponsors later, but I want to say that the sponsors make this podcast possible. And please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything. And if you're looking any, for any gifts this holiday season, um, please check them out there. Um, and see if you can give any of our sponsors any business. And while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and get the episode sent right to your inbox. Super easy. And now I think Diane has our review of the week. I do. It's a little bit long, but it goes in line with what we're going to be talking about today. So that's why I, one of the reasons why I chose it. This comes from Jenny M. This podcast should be mandatory listening for anyone who is breastfeeding or planning to breastfeed. I found your podcast last summer when I was on maternity leave with my daughter and immediately devoured every past episode while keeping up with your weekly episodes. Anytime I sat down to nurse my daughter, I'd turn your, on your podcast and feel encouraged and empowered to work through any issues. And trust me, there were issues. Seriously, I could write a really unappealing novel about everything we've struggled with. But each time we encountered something new, from poor latch and milk transfer to weight gain issues to sleep concerns, there is an episode available to help me get through it. This is my second breastfeeding journey and has been drastically different than when I nursed my son. As a first-time mom with my son, I was so afraid to bed share with him that I avoided it entirely, often to the detriment of my mental sanity. This time around with my daughter, I knew from your podcast that this was not as scary as I thought it was, and I felt empowered to safely bed share with her when she would quite literally only sleep with me and with my boob in her mouth. At 14 months, we are still nursing, though at this point, it's only once a day right before bed. She falls asleep so quickly, thank you boobs, that I'm not even sure how much milk she gets anymore. But thanks to you ladies, I know that breastfeeding is so much more than milk. It is time that I get to sit quietly with my daughter. She gets the comfort of falling asleep in her mommy's arms and I get some peaceful snuggles, which are hard to come by when you also have a four-year-old wild man running around. Thank you, thank you for continuing to put out positive, encouraging, empowering, and evidence-based podcasts. Yes. So congratulations to you for making it through all the struggles and thank you so much for the review. She put that on iTunes and that really helps us when they're on iTunes, but we love getting the emails and everything from you guys too. So, you know, definitely keep sharing with us. And like I said, that's in line with what we were going to talk about today. Yeah, we're gonna talk about safe co-sleeping. So I, I share a very similar, similar story to, um, the review that we just heard, because I, you know, I had Jack and we had the whole nursery and all of that. And I brought him to like one of his, you know, he was like a couple days old, you know, when you go back mm. to the doctor mm. after like a couple days. And I remember the guy was just like, never, he wasn't my doctor. He was just like a random guy. And he was just like, I mean, he was a doctor, but he was not I was like, like, what is he in the waiting room? Like, we're... <laughs> just some guy started giving me advice, although that happens all the time. It does, yeah. Um, I've gotten lots and lots of, like, co no, you know, don't share bed with your baby, like, advice from my dad's golfing buddies. Oh, my God. I'm like, seriously, like, they don't even, like, some of them don't have kids. I'm like, okay, this is just out of hand. But anyway, <laughs> this doctor was like, never. 
put your baby in your bed. Like he said, it was like, you know, it was just like, it was, it was. With like the gray say, clouds around his head. Yeah, and the like, thunder started like, yeah. you know, lightning. And yeah, he, uh, and I was like, okay, so, oh my God, I won't. I didn't ask why or like, you know, how I could read more about it or anything. I didn't know. So I just didn't. And it was like at the, like she said, it was like at the expense of your sanity. Cause I was like exhausted and doing everything that I could to avoid laying down with him, which included, and this is an important um, piece of it too, which is um, that I ended up like going to the couch or to the rocking chair or whatever Mm -hmm. and put and getting myself into situations that truly are not safe um and so that's why it's important even if you think that you're one is one of the things i was reading here i i i um i was reading a whole bunch of different things yesterday and we can all the links are in the show notes but one of the the two that i was really scouring through and then i'm going to talk about that we're going to like really go through in detail more is James McKenna, of course, because you hear us talk about him all the time. And then the La Leche League has the safe sleep seven um, and these little seven tips that you can use, which of of course are very similar. Um, But one of the things that I was reading was, um, okay, um, I can't exactly remember what I was going to say, but let's get started and it will certainly come up in the conversation. So when we're talking about safe sleep, um, James McKenna talks about how safe sleep, like what does a safe sleep environment mean? What does that even mean? Well, he says, we got to go, let's go. It's a whole series of things. So let's go back to um, pregnancy. We got to go all the way back to pregnancy. And this safe sleep starts with um, a healthy gestation, full-term baby, and a pregnancy that was free of smoking. Mm. So that's important for um, being able to arouse from sleep and smoking can interfere with that. And so we got to go all the way back um, to pregnancy. um, And so that's where it starts. Um, And then he goes into uh, talking about the second biggest thing is breastfeeding. And breastfeeding is something that... um, is first of all he says is significantly helps protect infants from death including death from SIDS and from secondary disease and um, congenital conditions so we talk a lot about SIDS related to co-sleeping and this is not really a um, it's not the same conversation a conversation about SIDS is completely different from co-sleeping because babies die of SIDS it sucks they do they die in cribs and they die in completely safe, free of risk adult beds. It happens very rarely, but it happens. Um, and we're going to actually have Tracy Castles. Remember her from Envi- um, Evolutionary Parenting? We had her on. She was talking about nighttime sleep. And we're going to have her on again in February where she's going to talk to us about SIDS and um kind of safe bed sharing. And so we won't get into the whole SIDS conversation, um, but that it is a different conversation. And sleeping near your baby and being close to your baby is a protective factor. And breastfeeding is a protective factor. Right. Uh, so we're, breastfeeding is very important as well for sharing a bed with your baby. Um, and we talk about co-sleeping and bed sharing kind of interchangeably, and that's incorrect because co-sleeping is like an umbrella term. And bed sharing is specifically sharing a bed with your baby. So there's all different kinds. And that's the other thing that I love about this conversation, too, is because it's there's all kinds of ways to co-sleep. 
Like if you're not comfortable sharing a bed with your baby, okay. You can have a crib in the room. You can have a crib side card to the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go on YouTube. And we did this too in my house. We had a crib side card to our bed. And you can go on YouTube and you can see how to um, actually do that with like bungee cords underneath so that it doesn't move and create spaces, which is another thing that we'll get into when we're talking about safe co-sleeping. Um, and then there's, you know co-sleepers that are designed specifically for that. Um, So there's all different kinds of ways to co-sleep and check out the link in the show notes to a blog post that I did based on like a bunch of people submitting um, photos of their sleep environments because they, people get so creative on ways to share sleep spaces with their, with their babies. And we went through a million different things. We went through like the crib side card and then we put all the mattresses on the floor and then, and then we got rid of the crib mattress and then we got a, an, another mattress and then we had, you know, a bassinet next to the bed when we had um, Exley and then and then we had both of them in the bed with me in between them because that's the safety thing, too. Um, and so we've been through like a million different ways. Um, but that's the cool thing is that you're not going to go on these, you know, we're not going to tell you like how to set up your room. We're going to tell you what's what what are safe things that you can do that you need that are guidelines. And then you get to create the space that works for you. It's very fun. If you let yourself have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, and and we talk about too, with the um, just getting in line with the, you know, here's the, um, the kind of rundown of the bed. So your bed is going to be free of stuffed animals. It's going to be free of extra pillows you know, a lot of like right now we have like eight pillows in the bed. My kids are older, so it doesn't matter. But if I had a baby, we'd be clearing out all of the pillows that we weren't using for our head. Um, you would not be putting your baby on a pillow. You're going to keep your baby breastfeeding at the breast. Um, clear the bed of, you know, s- soft, heavy, fluffy, over fluffy bedding. You're just going to have a blanket that's just over you. And, you know, the bottom part of your baby, if it's cold. Sometimes we didn't even use a blanket, but you can use a blanket safely and keeping it down, you know, away from their head. Um, Sheepskins, super fluffy stuff like that. Beanbag mattresses are no, no. Water beds. I don't even, people have oh water beds anymore. I know. It's not the 70s. <laughs> my friend had a, a water bed when we were, when I was a kid and I would sleep over. It was horrible because we were both be sleeping in the bed and I'm like, you're like at sea. I Every know. time she moved, it was just like I couldn't sleep. It was terrible. Ugh. Anyway, I had a water bed, but it was like the tube kind, so it wasn't as like rocky. But anyway, water beds. Do not bed share with a water bed. Don't get a water bed. But if <laughs> <laughs> um and here's another thing. No matter what you're doing, you are going to be eliminating gaps. So gaps between bed frames, from between the walls between you know the any kind of set in between mattresses if you have mattresses um pushed together and this is where the um the La Leche league has the safe uh sleep seven and they have a safe surface checklist and it's great so it's avoid so- sofas and recliners like we talked about um s- mattresses that are like sagging or like weird mattresses made out of material that doesn't allow you to like you know that creates huge holes in it Mm -hmm. or you know that 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 would just keep everybody kind of falling into each other a firm mattress is what you need 
um, spaces between like the headboards, any side rails, any anything that you're losing. That's another thing that we did is for a while is when we got one of those like side rails and I would sleep um, before we put the mattresses on the floor, which I think was just like the the ultimate in sharing the sleep place with my little kids was putting the mattresses on the floor. It was so much easier. Um, but before we put them on the floor, we had one of those little side rail things and that worked great too. Um, and then, yeah, so you can actually, if you, if you put your space together and the other thing is you can pull, if you have spaces between the wall and the mattresses, what you can do is actually pull the mattress away from the wall. Oh, so like that completely away. So there's no getting caught. Away, so there is no, exactly. So you don't get stuck and you know, the baby can't get stuck or anything. Um, and another thing that you can do if you have a space, like we had, um, the side, the, the, um, crib, the mattress, the crib side card to the bed. Um, and there was still a space between the mattresses. So then you can roll up a towel or a baby blanket or something like that and fill in the space. So they can't fall in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, like we said, we get rid of all the stuff, all the, all the, uh, crazy stuff that's hanging out and anything, obviously that's like sharp or pokey or anything like that. Okay, I could just go on and on and on. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> yeah, a couple of things that come to mind for me is don't let your baby sleep there without you. As I've seen that before where people will put the baby in the bed just for like nap time and then go, you know, and then leave. And then they maybe like put pillows around the baby so the baby won't roll off the bed and, you know, but yeah. they're not there to watch the baby. So definitely just like this is when you're with your baby, you know. Um and breastfeeding plays a huge role in this. And every you said you were saying that SIDS is very, very, very different from safe sleeping. And breastfeeding is a huge protective factor here. So that is really, you know, where it comes in. And I think when you society as a whole just says like don't do it, but they never which leaves you kind of looking for ways to do it like secretively which is well that's how you get into the couch and the recliner and that's so unsafe so at least you know have the have the knowledge behind you where you can do it safely because a lot of people end up like when they're pregnant they say i'm never gonna sleep with my baby i'm just not gonna do it it's unsafe i'll never get him out of my bed blah 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 and then they have their baby and they realize that that's really the only way they get any solid sleep and then they go, oh, geez, what do I, how do I do this safely? So, you know, we've got great resources for you to figure that out. Right. And actually, you're talking about SIDS and um, the La Leche League talks a little bit about this. And it, it actually opened my eyes a little bit, too, of why there's so much fear mongering around co-sleep uh, bed sharing. Um, and it says that um, the risk for SIDS or suffocation is far, far, far greater in a household where the parent smokes uses alcohol or drugs where the baby is formula fed. And we'll talk a little bit more about that too. Or in truly chaotic settings where the baby sleeps, who knows where or with who knows whom. Um, In an attempt to reach these parents in certain chaotic situations and protect certain babies, the warnings have been made very clear and very strong and very simple. If this isn't you, then those recommendations aren't for you. True. So I thought that was a really, really great way of putting it. It reminds me of like conversations that I have with my kids. You know, like sometimes I'll be like, pick up your laundry. And one of them will be like, well, I didn't leave my laundry there. I'm like, if it doesn't pertain to you, yeah, then right. disregard. Right. If this isn't about you, then proceed. 
mm-hmm. with these recommendations, which are proceed with uh, bed sharing um, under these circumstances. And, and they say, like, if you meet the sleep, safe sleep seven, then you're good to go. You know, and we'll talk a bit more about that, too. But I think we need to take a break for a yes. word from our sponsors. So we'll pick that up after our break. Yeah. You'll have to remind me. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Do you love lactation tea but hate the taste? Often nursing teas can taste earthy, which is a nice way of saying dirt. Fairhaven Health Nursing Time Tea is a caffeine-free, all-natural herbal lactation tea with a light lemon taste that you won't need to choke down. Nursing Time Tea is made with herbs such as fennel seed, goat's rue, and blessed thistle that have been used for centuries to help support a healthy milk supply and soothe an upset tummy. All ingredients are high-quality, organic, wild-crafted, and contain no preservatives or additives. Nurture yourself and your milk supply with Nursing Time Tea. It can be made hot or cold, which is awesome when you forget about it. It's a great way to maintain your hydration while supporting your milk supply. Head to fairhavenhealth.com, that's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N, health, and use promo code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Kindred Bravely. Their ultimate absorbent reusable nursing pads are up to eight times more absorbent absorbent than the leading washable breast pads and more environmentally friendly than disposable nursing pads. Constructed of four ultra-thin layers for comfort and confidence, these washable pads are the ultimate in leak protection. The fast dry top layer wicks moisture away, away from your skin, Two absorbent core layers lock in liquid, and the outer anti-slip layer prevents bunching and slipping inside your bra. With a contoured design that molds to your unique body shape, these seamless pads are available, are also, my God, these seamless pads also provide incredible shaping and coverage. So you can confidently wear your choice of nursing bra and shirt. They remind me of actually a a swimsuit inserts. Oh, cool. You know, the like padded, like fabric, like nice kind of solid things with a non-stick thing. Um, I mean, not an anti-slip thing. I'm sorry. A non-slip thing is what I meant. Uh, layer kind of thing so it doesn't slip around these reusable nursing pads come in a convenient multi-pack with one beige pair and one black pair so you'll always have a set to keep you dry all day or night check out the ultra absorbent reusable nursing pads at kindredbravely.com kindredbravely.com and use promo code bfmama20 for 20% off of your purchase bfmama20 for 20% off these pads um, and these sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes, um, under this episode on badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes also include further information about things that we talked about in this episode and at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. You'll also find breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. It's fun. And very helpful. And very helpful. Yeah. She's helping all of you, uh, all of you, a lot of you. Yeah. Um, And this week's shout out goes to six black women who are being inducted into the Women's Hall of Fame. Pretty cool. That have previously been excluded from the Hall of Fame. And this year it's six black women. It is Aretha Franklin. Henrietta Lacks, Toni Morrison, Barbara Hillary, Barbara Rose Jones Powell, and Mary Church Terrell. 
Now you can, uh, we, the link for more about these, um, amazing women is in our show notes and you can read about each one of their accomplishments. Some of them you probably already know. Um, and that's all I got. Fantastic. All right. What in the world were we talking about? As I have eight pages of stuff spread in front of me. We were talking about the safe sleep seven. And if you are part of that seven, if you have those seven safe sleep guidelines in your life and you're already practicing that, then you're good to go to safely co-sleep. Yeah, let's go over the seven. So it's a non-smoker in or out of your home. If you are going outside of your home and smoking, it still doesn't count. Mm-hmm. That will still, smoking still affects your ability to arouse from sleep. Um, if you're a smoker, continue to breastfeed you know, and do the best you can to smoke outside and wash your hands and stuff like that. Um, But sleep on a separate surface close to your baby. Sober and unimpaired, no medications or alcohol or drugs. Um, Breastfeeding. Oh, yeah. And I want to talk a little bit more about breastfeeding, too. Um, Healthy and full term baby. On their back. Lightly dressed, no swaddles. And you are both on a safe surface firm mattress with no waterbeds, um, no heavy blankets, no pillows, no toys, no cords, no strings, and no gaps. Um, that is the uh, La Leche League Safe Sleep 7. Um, James McKenna goes into um, talking about, you know, like if you have super long hair, tie it up. Um, there shouldn't be any, if you have, if your baby's less than one year, there shouldn't be any other siblings in the bed. Um, what I did, I actually did have other siblings in the bed, but I placed myself between them. I had my myself turned towards Exley in the um, breastfeeding curl, curl, cuddle curl, which I can talk about too. Um, and then I had Jack at my back. Should be no so pets that, too. No, no pets. pets, definitely no pets. Um, and anybody that feels like they're unsure about about bed sharing if there's another thing is that your partner must agree Mm -hmm. don't just do it you know and then you know the partners not agree this is a family decision so everyone should be agree everyone should be aware of the baby in the bed don't just throw a sleeping baby next to another sleeping person that doesn't know that it's there um i always felt more comfortable with my tiny baby putting myself in between my husband and my baby However, like in cultures like Japan, they say sleep like a river where they have the adults on the outside and the baby in the middle. Oh, so, so this is all cultural too. You know, we need to understand that too. Um, but the breastfeeding cuddle curl, I love it. It's, um, it's, uh, it's, you know, you, this is, this is where you're going to want to learn the sideline sleeping, the sideline breastfeeding, laying down to breastfeed, getting, getting comfortable with that. You can have a pillow under your head. But this is what the this is what breastfeeding does on your side. It brings your arm up under your head. It brings your knees in. So you literally people are like, I'm gonna roll on my baby. You, you can't. You literally cannot, even if you tried. Um, some people will just breastfeed from I could never figure out how to switch boobs and not switch sides of my body. Mm. Some people will just have the baby latch to the bottom boob and they'll just be like, okay, now I'm gonna like, you know, twist my body a little bit and then feed with the top boob. I can't I couldn't figure that out. I had to like literally like I had to switch sides. I had to, like my husband says bake the other side. Oh my god, that's funny. 
Um, and so this is what's called the breastfeeding cuddle curl. And this is the behavior that actually James McKenna at Notre Dame has studied for decades. Um, and the reason why he recommends uh, breastfeeding and people, uh, babies that are, are bottle fed, even if there's breast milk in the bottle, your baby is not as oriented towards your breasts. Um, and the behavior changes. The babies actually tend to move up towards your face and towards the pillow. A breastfed baby who's more oriented towards the breast stays at the breast, mm. just stays right there in that spot, which is why these recommendations are made this way, because they watch the different body behaviors. Um, That's a great point. Yeah. So um, the other thing that I like to say about this is somebody on my somebody came on the badass breastfeeding page and was like giving me details about her, her bed, her like setup and all that stuff and and the ages of her babies and things. And so I was kind of like offering some advice, but then I said, I said, you know what? You are a very smart and capable parent. You can be confident in your assessment, knowing these guidelines in assessing the safety of your environment. You know, and she was concerned because her toddler, like, here's the other thing. If you're sleeping with a toddler, everybody who sleeps with a toddler knows this. They are sleeping every which way. Oh. They are like helicopters. They're just like the helicopter, the like blades of a helicopter going all night. But the thing is, that once they're able to do that, they're less, they're not really at risk anymore of like getting stuck and like stuff like that because they're older. They move around a lot. They can, if they had like a blanket come over their head, they would move it. Right. You know, they, they can respond more like we can. Um, but that's what I think people, people worry that they're not able to assess the safety. And I think that sometimes these guidelines make it so that we feel like we can't, we're not like capable of deciding what was is safe for us or not, but we are, we are totally capable parents that can assess the safety of our homes and our beds. And one last thing. <laughs> I just want to say real quick, I, 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 this is something that I really enjoyed about this, um, about James McKenna's, um, thing too, is he said, um, he says again, with the SIDS conversation, babies die of SIDS very rarely, but it happens in totally risk-free cribs and risk-free adult beds. And if you're he says, in, he says, before you choose to bring your baby into your bed, sit down with your partner and have a conversation. Do you truly understand the safety that this is a safe situation? And that if your baby died of SIDS, would you blame yourself? Would you feel responsible for it? Or do you understand that that's something that just happens? It's unexplained and it happens. And it's not related to this risk-free sleep environment and I thought that was really interesting to think about that like do you truly understand that this is risk-free or 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 if something happened would you blame yourself right and make that decision for your family I think these are great guidelines and really spell it out really really well and I love how he goes all the way back to was it a healthy pregnancy no smoking during pregnancy and a full-term healthy baby that's a really important point 
Yeah, and he says, and I and I know, I've had this conversation before. Um, I think it's the La Leche League Safe Sleep Seven. They're like, we don't roll on our babies any more than we roll off the side of the bed or roll onto a cat that's in the bed. Right. We don't do that. I've had you know, so you can trust you. You know, I'm sorry. No, it's we, we said that you know there was that that um quote from our last bed sharing episode by James McKenna. It was like. You know, people are made to believe that their their bodies are these lethal weapons. You know, and it's it's that's not true. I have had mothers say to me, well, I'm a really heavy sleeper, so I'm just afraid that I'm not going to wake up. But when you have your baby, you are and you're breastfeeding this baby, you become very, very in tune with that baby and you will wake up. Like, you know your baby's there. Yeah, you do know your baby's there. Um, and you will wake up. Although I will say, if somebody doesn't feel comfortable with it, then you, then don't do it. Correct. Create, a safe, create a safe environment that... Create an environment that is going to be comfortable for you to go to sleep in. You know, the thing that happened with me, I was so afraid to bring my baby into my bed. Um, but the more that I learned about it, the more I, I got really kind of into looking into this stuff and reading about this stuff, I started to feel like it wasn't a risk. I truly felt like I wasn't placing my baby in danger. And so going to sleep was comfortable for me. You know, if you still have these doubts, if it's uncomfortable for you, then then don't do it. Check out that link um, in the in the show notes of the um, of all the different photos. It's like a photo gallery of all the setups. You know, look at that and see if if there's something that looks like it might be more comfortable for you. Because mm. there's ways to sleep with your baby close and, and to provide that breastfeeding through the night and that, you know, that protective factor um, that is, you know, that, that can be comfortable for you. And if you're listening and you're pregnant, it's hard to imagine how much of an impact this is going to make on your life when you have your baby. Totally. And especially when, you know, if, if you're somebody who needs to go back to work and sleep becomes really, really, I mean, it's already really important, but if you're having to function at a job during the day and the only way you get a good few hours of sleep is to have your baby with you, then this is going to be really crucial to have these, these guidelines. Yeah. And the other thing is that people say like, well, I don't co-sleep and I'm not going to co-sleep and I'm not going to do this. But but like 75% of people do end up doing it. And, and, and the other thing that they say that I really like the La Leche League says is like, it's like putting on your seatbelt. You don't expect that you're going to get a crash. You just put your seatbelt on just in case. Create a safe sleep environment where you're next to your baby, where you can get some sleep just in case you know, you want to use that. You might think like, no, 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 I don't feel comfortable with it. I, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Um, but create the space anyway that that could be comfortable for you just in case you need it. It's great advice. You know, in case you in case you do end up in that situation, because we always so many of us say we're not going to do it, but we do. We end up doing it because it's just easier. And they do it like they're like closet co-sleepers. You yeah, know? yeah. Everybody's too afraid to say that it's what they did. Yeah, because everyone is out there saying that you're going to, you know, that it's like that it's just the worst thing ever. Yeah. So thank you so much for the info. That's fantastic. 
Yeah, it's great. And on all of these links were the ones that I, I was talking today, mostly about. James. So you can go right on James McKenna. Everything I was saying is on. Well, it's in the link, but there's safe co-sleeping guidelines. All of, he runs through it, and then the Safe Sleep Seven from the Lecce League is awesome. Um, and then there's a couple other links there too. Um, and yeah, really helpful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>